Hello and welcome to our third episode of the Autumn Action News Podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin and joining me today is Marissa Johnson. In a bit, we will recap a few stories that were in our latest issue, which came out yesterday, May 7th, 2020. We will also hear from our colleague, reporter Tasha Silverhorn. But first, yesterday the SRPMIC confirmed its first COVID-19 case. The community member resident is quarantined and all protocol and procedures are being followed. Here is President Martin Javier. Hello. As the president of the community, I am very sad to report that a member of our community has tested positive for the coronavirus. I can assure you the community member is quarantined and all protocols and procedures are being followed. Let all of us remember our community member in our thoughts and prayers praying for a full recovery. If you had high exposed contact with the community member, you will be contacted within 48 hours by a public health professional for follow-up. At the same time, we continue to focus on the well-being of our community. We urge everyone to take good care of themselves first and then their families and neighbors. Stay home except for essential trips. Wash your hands thoroughly and frequently with soap and water. Practice social distancing by keeping a distance of six feet or more from others. In closing, with this confirmation, we know we are not immune from what is affecting the rest of the country and the world. Everyone is at risk. The coronavirus does not see color or age. We are encouraging everyone to take the necessary precautions to prevent future spreading of the virus. Your help is critical in making this happen. And remember, as a community, we are all in this together. Thank you. Our thoughts are with the patient and their family. Marissa, President Javier mentioned that if anyone has high exposed contact with the community member, that they will be informed within 48 hours. In our first episode, we heard from Nancy Mangieri, RN, in which she explained contact tracing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. She mentioned that staying at home has streamlined contact tracing because if people stay home, it's easier to assess who they interact with. Indeed. We want to stress that staying home, unless absolutely necessary to go out, will limit exposure. Stay home, maintain social distancing, Continue to wash your hands thoroughly, and we'll get through this together. With that said, let's get into our stories from our May 7th issue. New prompts added to SRPMIC COVID-19 hotline. SRPMIC community members, if you are experiencing COVID-19-like symptoms or would like information, please call the SRPMIC COVID-19 hotline at 480-362-2603. The following prompts have changed to provide additional service and information. Press 1 for prevention information. Press 2 if you have symptoms. And you can press 2 24-7. You'll get somebody on the phone. Press 3 if you do not have symptoms but you still want to be tested. And you can get somebody on the phone Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. if you press 3. Our next story, we will hear from John Godfrey, Assistant Director of SRPMIC's Health and Human Services. Hi. I know this is a difficult time for everyone. You may be feeling anxious, sad, 
or even fearful about the future. Your emotions may change rapidly and often. I want you to know that this is normal. When the future seems uncertain, our minds tend to shift to the worst possible outcome. You may spend time wondering if things will ever be the same, if your family is safe, if the economy will recover, and so on. Although these thoughts are normal, when we think about them all day, every day, we begin to experience increased anxiety, panic, and fear. I want you to know that behavioral health is here for you during this time. We continue to offer professional counseling over the phone or video chat. Our crisis and journey to recovery programs are still open and operating as usual. I would like to share with you a new service that we are offering. If you test positive in the future and have to isolate at home, we will reach out to you to make sure that you have everything you need to get through this difficult time. Our hope is that we can make the situation more manageable for you and your family. In the meantime, let me offer you some tips for dealing with this challenging time. First, take care of your mind. Allow it to visit with family and friends over the phone or through video chat. Stimulate it with hobbies, games, and other mental activities. And finally, let it have some silent time to recharge. Next, take care of your body. Feed it good, healthy food, give it plenty of water, take it for a 30-minute walk every day, and let it rest for at least eight hours at night. And finally, take care of your spirit. Limit exposure to the news and social media to two times a day. Replace that time with restful activities such as listening to music, reading a good book, or engaging in meditation or prayer. Again, I want to let you know that Behavioral Health is here to help. If you would like to schedule an appointment or have any questions, please call us at 480-362-5707. And remember, we are all in this together. Marissa, are you doing a good job of taking care of your well-being? Yeah, actually, I have been meditating daily for at least 10 minutes. It's a part of my routine. Wow, that's great. How's that going? It's really cool. I downloaded this app called Headspace, and they can pinpoint different areas you want to focus on. So like if you want to focus on reframing stress and relaxing, anger, sadness, growth, um, or even just beginning meditation, this helps you with the core concepts of letting go and relaxing your mind. That's really great. Um, that's definitely something that I need to get into. I've tried meditation. I, I've never been really able to shut my mind off. So right now what I'm kind of doing is um, I'm doing this thing for the month of May. I know it's so hot, but what I'm doing is um, I'm getting up early and I'm, I'm walking five miles a day. That helps a lot. That it really that does. itself walking helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're also getting outside as well, right? Yeah. Especially early in the morning. I try to go before it gets hot and before there's people out. I try to get my run in and then immediately immediately after that's when I do my meditation. That's great. I'm gonna have to try that and I'll I'll give that a shot. So, uh, Marissa, why don't you tell us another story that was in our May 7th issue? Gladly. In the May 7th issue, community members shared their progress on their home gardens. At the beginning of April, the Cultural Resources Department gave out seeds. Garden coordinator Jacob Butler has been going live on his Facebook page sharing advice on how to maintain everyone's garden. 
I've been able to talk to a few community members who it's their first time starting their own garden and getting a little bit of a perspective from them. Jonathan Curry shared his family garden's progress. It's really cool to see um, a lot of them posting up progress pictures and sharing them with Jacob and asking for a lot of recommendations. Community member Gretchen Scott shared a little bit with how she started planting zucchinis, cucumbers, tomatoes, green onions, bell peppers, and being amazed with the growth, saying that it's so fragile yet so strong, and try not to give too much water but and not too much sun at the same time and making sure insects don't eat any of her vegetation. So it's really unique to see everyone being outside and seeing growth. Yeah, that's great. I I mean, I don't really know too much about gardening, but I do know that it is definitely a delicate balance between um, water and sunlight and just overall care. Yeah, well, that's really great. Uh, hopefully they continue to, you know, touch base with us and let us know how how it's going. Yeah, I'm really excited to see them actually pick the fruit off when that day comes. I bet they're you know, I'm excited, but I bet they're even more excited to see that happen. Continuing on the topic of the great outdoors, Choya bud season had just passed in April. I spoke with community member Jonathan Curry, who shared his method on how he harvests the hanum or the Choya buds. A unique way that he said he measures the time on when is a good time to harvest is knowing when Easter is. So depending if it's if Easter arrives at the beginning of March or late April is how much time you have to harvest. He mentions that going out and harvesting is a family thing to him because not only do you get a bigger harvest with having more people and not just being outside alone in the desert, it's a lot more fun to interact and share this memory of harvesting together. A unique fact that I learned from this was two tablespoons of dried choya provides as much calcium as a glass of milk, with lower calories being a glass of milk would be 100 to 150 calories, whereas if you were to eat the choya bud, it is 28 calories. So it's very nutritious for you. Jonathan shares his method on roasting these choya buds but he does mention to talk to other people who have done this method through trial and error or even your elders to get a better grasp on it. You can follow him at his Instagram account if you would like to know more information. You can follow him at V-A-K-A-V O-I-D-A-G. Yeah, I actually checked out his Instagram account and he's got some really beautiful photos up. So everybody go over there and take a look at his photos. And I'm sure if you have any questions regarding uh, toil buds or harvesting them or even taking the spines out, which I know is a process in itself. I think Marissa, he uses um, like a broom brush or something. Yeah, there's definitely different methods he suggested. Yeah, so go over to his Instagram page and have a look for yourself. Okay, next we're going to hear from reporter Tasha Silverhorn. Community-owned business provides comfort food to the community. On Thursday, April 16th, Ernie's Catering posted a Facebook message saying that it will be selling to-go meals of pulled pork sandwiches with a side of potato salad, 
chips, and a drink. Ernie's Catering is one of a number of small businesses here in the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community that depend on big events, gatherings, parties for their income. These to-go meals are helping us. We have money going out of the bank, but we need money going into the bank, and this is helping us bring in income, said Ernie's Catering owner Ernesto Lopez. With the COVID-19 pandemic, Ernie's Catering has been brought to a halt. Businesses such as Lopez's depend on large events and gatherings, which have been put on hold until at least the end of the month. Lopez started offering to-go meals in the beginning of April, selling items such as chipotle chicken tamales and mesquite roasted chicken with a side of rice, beans, a corn tortilla, and roasted green chili. Ernie's Catering keeps Taco Tuesdays going, offering carne asada tacos and a side of rice and beans. Lopez hasn't had any trouble finding the ingredients he needs to make food for those who may be getting tired of their own home-cooked meals. He explained that the Restaurant Depot store is fully stocked, although it's short on beans and rice. Lopez has had help from his son Ramon Lopez, who not only helps him cook but also manages the social media to keep information about food sales flowing out to the public. We're going to be selling twice a week, on Tuesdays and Fridays, said Lopez. We're also going to start doing three-day meal preps for those who are interested. It will include breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days, or a total of nine meals. Ernie's Catering will continue to provide to-go lunch sales as long as the lockdown continues. Lopez hopes eventually to continue business as normal. For more information and an update on the next Ernie's Catering food sale, follow Ernie's Catering on Facebook. The May 7th issue was mailed out to our subscribers yesterday. If you are not a subscriber, we have put the entire paper cover to cover online at our website, authumnews.org. It is a PDF, so be sure to head over there to check it out. That's O-O-D-H-A-M-N-E-W-S dot O-R-G. So I want to remind everybody about the SRPMIC messaging program. Remember, if you want to sign up for that to get text alerts from SRPMIC, all you have to do is text SRPMIC to 474747. I also want to remind you all of the COVID-19 hotline. If you have any questions, you could just give the number a call. That number is 480-362-2603. And remember, behavioral health is there for you. Give them a call if you need anything or if you would like to set up an appointment. Their number is 480-362-5707. Anything you'd like to add, Marissa? Stay safe. Wash your hands. Take care of your mind and body. Yes, well said. We'll see you in our next episode.